Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Joshua Shaw audio experience. Firstly, thank you for giving me a bit of your attention. I'm honored you trusted me with it, and I promise to return the favor by giving you a ton of edutainment value back. In my newest podcast episode, I'll explain how a convenient nutrition brand has almost doubled its growth in the past two years, yet they are still sitting at a similar crossroads. But before we get started, I would love if you took 50 seconds out of your day to leave a rating review on whichever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. This helps me out immensely in terms of extending the reach of my podcast, but more importantly, allows me to make improvements based on your feedback. Thank you again. Now enjoy my newest podcast episode. There has been a lot of change at the convenient nutrition brand Huel. But on the other hand, a lot has stayed the same, which maybe is at the heart as to why Huel has been so successful. You might remember that almost exactly two years ago, I made my last piece of dedicated content about Huel. If you're a newer follower that hasn't consumed that content piece yet, don't fret because I'll be hearkening back to a few key moments from it. But that content was primarily focused on breaking down the predicted huge discussion that Huel leadership was internally partaking in about exit event optionality. Either Huel would look to go through an IPO process or it would opt to sell the business. And this is kind of the same exact crossroads they're technically still at today. But before I get into reconciling what I think about the exit event optionality now to what I suggested back then, let's get you caught up on the last two years of financial performance at Huel. When I released that last Huel content, I didn't have the fiscal year 2021 numbers yet. And Honestly, I overestimated Huel's pandemic-aided growth rate a bit. Instead of the previously predicted 125 million British pounds, Huel grew around 43% year-over-year to 103 million British pounds. For the fiscal year ending June 30th of 2022, Huel had net revenues of 144 million British pounds, and that implied around a 40% year-over-year growth. And then for the 2023 fiscal year ending June 30th, Huel again grew a healthy 28.5% year-over-year to net revenues of 185 million British pounds, or converted to USD would be around $233 million. So as you can see from the chart, Huel has grown each of its eight years in existence. And before you put up that kind of red flag in your head thinking, Josh, but are they profitable now? Huel improved its net profitability to 5.3% or about 12 and a little less than a half million dollars in profit in fiscal year 2023, benefiting from operating leverage created from scale and also increased operating efficiency. 
but just to give some further business performance details that honestly I took from the company CEO on LinkedIn, Huel grew active customers by 22% year over year to over 900,000 and passed the 300 million, what they like to call complete food meals mark, sold in over 80 countries since inception. Huel also increased its physical retail presence by 51% year over year, and their products are now offered in over 11,000 store locations. In the last year, Huel has expanded its product portfolio by launching its first ever non-protein supplement called Huel Daily Greens and reimagining the energy drinks market with Huel Daily A to Z Vitamins. Both products are still a smaller portion of Huel's overall revenue, but they align with the product development innovation strategy that has made the company successful. Because today, if you want to create something that has a lasting impact within the functional CPG space, it needs to be a combo of new yet familiar. Do something too closely related to the market leader and consumers won't take notice, but do something too novel and they're confused. In the functional CPG industry, most successful products do not arrive out of nowhere. They are simply remixes of existing ones. That's the essence of what the core Huel Complete Food Meal products are, flipping the historical messaging around meal replacements from this kind of negative restriction diet focus into this positive, proactive, convenient food focus. It seems so simple, but the skill of those like Huel who are winning in this category is nothing short of exceptional. If you're looking for additional references, check out the American brand like Kachava or Y-Food in Germany that just got a substantial nine-figure deal earlier this year from Nestle. But there's another part of the Huel mission that's important to mention. The company seeks to make its nutritionally complete convenient food with minimal impact on animals and the environment. That being said, Huel achieved its B Corporation certification in June of 2023 recognizing that the food industry contributes more than a quarter of the global greenhouse gas emissions, Huel has made a deliberate decision to develop products that offer solutions. Huel committed to all meals being in line with targets to limit global warming, and its meals contribute 50% less carbon footprint than the average meal. Because its commitment to being a leading sustainable nutrition brand runs deep throughout its organization, Huel attracted a recent investment from Morgan Stanley's 1GT climate strategy focused private equity fund for an undisclosed amount that bought out some other kind of like existing investors. And maybe this is a good transition into mentioning the other private investment that Huel received in the last two years. In December of 2022, Huel closed a $24 million investment round that valued the brand around $560 million. A portion of that investment was used to build a state-of-the-art carbon net zero manufacturing site in the UK that's set to open next year. According to recent interviews with Huel leadership, the brand with healthy margins and manageable sales growth is now in a position of being self-sufficient from funding. That being said, Huel has long-term investors that would like to get a liquidity event soon. Moreover, Huel leadership has ambitious, long-term goals that could be accelerated with a major investment from a strategic buyer for either like a majority share or maybe the full acquisition process and or similar could be said if they chose to go public through an IPO process. 
which I guess brings us back to that introductory portion in a clip about what I suggested in November of 2021. I think the current public markets right now are extremely hot. I think about a dozen or so CBG brands have went public in the last year. So it makes sense for Huel to have an IPO exit preference because they're probably going to be able to maximize their valuation right now. They're looking at a somewhere around a $1 billion pound valuation. The way to get that probably more easily would be through the IPO market, unless they did have a bidding war or something in the private sale option within the dual track. And companies that are interested in going public, they need to strike when the markets are hot. The markets are hot right now, they might be overvalued, but that is when IPOs need to happen because this is when they can maximize the available kind of return and capital that they would get into their business to drive growth initiatives. They don't want to wait until the market conditions get lower. So hypothetically, which direction would I go? Now, I don't know very much about the inner workings of Huel. And because of that, I have to just go off of some assumptions. And I think I would take my chances on the IPO market sometime in the first half of 2022. Obviously, hindsight would tell us that in just three short months, the public market gold rush would dry up fast. This was due to a combination of investors attempting to determine the long-term effects of pandemic-era governmental and monetary decisions, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and fears of a global economic recession. Regardless, the global IPO markets essentially dried up over these last two years, and even acting swiftly by the end of February would have likely resulted in a worse financial outcome for fuel shareholders and more broadly, their stakeholders. But does that mean an IPO is out of the question for fuel right now? The quantity of IPOs are down substantially year over year, but if we look at the global developed market indices, like in the US or the UK, the levels are almost identical to those in late 2021 and into January of 2022. Plus, the overall market sediment is much stronger heading into 2024. Yes, the global economy might be a little bit sluggish in the first half, but you have to remember that stock markets are forward-looking, and we arguably have much more clarity of those previous worrisome variables now. Does that mean Huel should IPO? No, but I also wouldn't totally cross the idea out heading into next year. It seems Huel leadership is patient and flexible, but I just think there's probably a better deal out there for them now in the private markets, both from a structural and valuation standpoint. And this is where I want to remind you about that Y Food and Nestle deal I briefly mentioned earlier, because it might be a good guide into what's next for Huel. In April of 2023, Y Food stated it had net revenues that would be about one third less than Huel, though the company was seeing revenue growth of about 100% year over year. So this isn't really an apples to apples comparison, but Nestle valued that deal at around three and a half times trailing 12 months revenue. That would essentially mean Huel would be valued at about $825 million. But that part really isn't that important unless you somehow own Huel stock units or options. What's really important is that in the deal, Nestle acquired six hundredths of a percentage point less than having majority control of Y-Food. Can Huel get a similar, just shy majority deal from a large strategic buyer? If so, the answer might be with Nestle's CPG conglomerate rival, Unilever. No, Nestle versus Unilever isn't like the Coca-Cola company versus PepsiCo, but there's still a bit of this like what one has, the other also likes to have kind of thing going on. 
as you can see from the current mergers and acquisitions approach of Unilever, I think Huel would fit into its criteria. I also think meal replacements are a great category for Unilever to get more exposure to, mostly because of something that wasn't mentioned in this investment deck slide, but has been a hot topic within the CPG world. While only about 2% of the US population has currently been prescribed a weight loss drug in 2023, that's something like 40 or 50 times more than in the past five years. Furthermore, we are likely entering into a golden age of therapeutics. So what happens when a more effective biologics that is targeted towards weight loss come out? The second order effects will usher in a whole new era of CPG industry winners and losers. But maybe Huel has already positioned itself on the right side of the friend or foe argument. Remember what I said earlier, Huel flipped the historical messaging around meal replacements from this negative restriction diet focus into a positive, proactive, convenient food focus. That reframing strategy seems so simple, but Atkins, SlimFast, Weight Watchers, and others haven't been able to pull it off yet. And the age of a Zempic clock is ticking fast. And that's why I think one more strategic buyer that I mentioned two years ago might be even more interested now. Glambia does need to diversify away from its highly concentrated dairy protein in their Glambia performance nutrition portfolio. And a recent announcement that they were going to sell off the part of their dairy production in Ireland over to the co-op that does own the majority of it anyways, that is kind of signaling that they are trying to distance themselves maybe from dairy and, and having that entity be a little bit more agnostic to how they make money in the future and where they kind of can stand in the functional CPG market. Glambia has been really focused on the digital acceleration of their business. They need to have strong digital businesses, have both demand from digital and, and online and having strong teams that are associated with this is exactly what Huel is. This would be a huge check mark and a huge addition for Glambia. They're also looking for acquisitions that have a ton of velocity and food drug mass convenience. This isn't a check mark for Huel, um, but there is a blank slate that they can bring over to the US and kind of put it into their engine that has been starting to work very strongly recently. And then finally, they need to have strong ready to drink or ready to eat offerings within the product portfolio. I think this is another check for Huel. Obviously, they are strong in powders as well, but they do have ready to eat and ready to drink offerings that do quite well. I'd argue that those investment criteria still hold as true today as ever. Now throw in the GLP-1 points I just mentioned and the fact that Glambia owns SlimFast market performance has been abysmal the last two years. Plus, Glambia has a balance sheet that's looking really nice for M&A activity and a new CEO looking to make a splash in 2024. So you never know, right? I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you have any comments or questions about anything I discussed during it, open the podcast episode notes and click on any of my social media account links to reach out to me directly. 